Hello and welcome to episode 12 of MLS Fantasy Insider. This is round eight review slash round nine preview. Back to the double game weeks once again. As always, this episode is brought to you by Instant Replay because for Pete's sakes, this round was just ridiculous. That's right. I'm talking to you referees. Uh, no, uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by slash R Fantasy MLS on the Reddit forums. A great MLS fantasy community that if you're not already a part of, I highly recommend it. Tonight, we're a little shorthanded, has some last minute schedules pop up. So joining me tonight is the faithful tech guru, Simon. Yes, I'm here. A uh, little bit low staff tonight, but that's okay. Me and Reed are going to do our best to prepare you for the next round. That's right. We're holding it down with the skeleton crew. And then just a heads up, uh, Simon is actually going to be lucky enough to be going to New York to see some a game next week. So a little bit unsure about what our recording is going to be. It might not happen just due to the very short turnaround between game weeks and just the traveling and everything. But I mean, definitely fantastic. He gets to go. We've thrown some game week 10 questions in the episode tonight. We'll touch on them. If we get another episode out, then all the better. We'll still have question thread up and try to answer there everything that is possible. So that being said, Let's just jump right into some of this discussion and players. Quick reminder, though, please check the dis disciplinary committee today. There were all kinds of injuries and red cards and yellow cards last week. We've, I mean, we've got Belas Perez. We've got Jermaine Taylor with that controversial call. What did you think of that, Simon? Um, I thought that was an awful call. That was garbage, honestly. That is one of the worst red cards I've seen in so long Ended up being like a net positive for me on my fantasy team points-wise because Failhaber took the penalty. But uh, I also have Jermaine Taylor on my team. So it like pretty clearly did not hit him in the arm. So yeah. I don't know. Like Kevin Stott, that dude like sees things. I don't know. What an <laughs> idiot. But yeah, I've seen the replay whatever. a couple of times. And if if you are someone who is defending that as a as a handball, then I I don't know what what to say. It's It's not. And uh, it'll be one of the worst calls not overturned that I can remember in recent time if, if it is not yeah, overturned. It's got to be overturned. Unfortunately, we won't know until closer to time if you're planning on making trades around this. Mm -hmm. But I um, almost did forget, but you reminded Simon, how did your team do this week? Uh, my team did okay. I actually played my wild card last week. Oh. So pretty big deal there. And I ended up with 57 points, which is not great. Um, that said, pretty satisfied with how I'm, I'm set up for the future. It was going really well, except I captained Kaka and then Oba put up a two. So I had my two highest priced players giving me the lowest score on my team. Actually, that's a lie. Jermaine Taylor gave me the lowest score on my team. Uh, would not have been if that call wasn't so <laughs> atrocious. But um, that's not a terrible week, though. Dylan Powers, I love that guy. Lots of Lots of decent scores all around, so... Um, yeah, at least you're above average. I, I ended up with 61. I had to take a minus eight, which was not planned. I had five players that I was facing not playing after the Saunders suspension. Both my other two New York City players not playing, Duralis not playing, and Aristogueta also not going to be available. So I had to make some changes I was not expecting, but I still ended with a 61. Pretty respectable. Uh, after the point negatives, I was so close to winning some of these head-to-heads that just slipped through my fingers, but I got a nice mix of green and red arrows, so uh, pretty pretty Christmassy on my side. Can't complain. I feel pretty set, though, 
leading into the double game week. A couple of other guys who are normally on the show did uh, fantastic, and I'll get to that later on. Uh, but like I was saying, back to injuries and red cards. Check those out. A lot of guys are also very close to uh, card accumulations. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the Disco website has been updated today, April 27th. So be sure to check that out, uh, especially some at least one New York player you're going to want to keep an eye on moving forward. So that being said, Simon, who do you like as your top picks for round eight? I mean, um, sorry, round nine. I like the only Colorado player I like is Dylan Powers. Um, who knows if he'll play both games? Uh, it's been in the past. He's kind of gotten rested sometimes. So sorry. Oh, my Google chat is going off in the middle of this. Whatever. Um, in the past, he's kind of gotten rested on some double game weeks just for one of the games. But he's like producing so well right now that even if he only plays one game, the second the second one's just a bonus is how I'm looking at it. And he's got. They've got away at Red Bulls and then away at LA. That's like a murderous game week. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd pick up anyone else from Colorado. Uh, from New York, I like Bradley Wright Phillips and Luis Robles, um, plus a couple, any of the four their four mids of your choice. I think you can't really go wrong there. I think you should probably squat up, though, on those on those Red Bulls players. What about single game week, guys? Anybody jump out at you? Oh, I'm going to throw that one back to you. What do you okay. think, Reed? And then well, I'll I saw a lot of people asking questions about certain guys, and since we're we're low on staff tonight, we're just going to highlight some of these things. Uh, I got to say, Javinko has been standing out to me a lot for, for Toronto. They're going up against Philly, and then they have their next and first home game after that. So... Uh, I think he's going to be one to go with if you're going for one of the DPs there with Toronto. I I agree that Powers is pretty much the one Colorado player I would bring in to my team this week. Anybody else that you may already have, like the random defender who may or may not be playing, or Baji, I mean, that's just candy, I guess, uh, or in my mind, really a switcheroo option that you can have. Uh, yeah. We specifically were asked about Baji, and do you think that's someone you would risk starting this week? Well, I'm going to have to make that decision because I've got him on my bench right now. Um, I don't think so. I uh, Colorado's scary. That is a, it is hard to understate the difficulty of traveling to Red Bulls and then flying across the country to play L.A., um, Colorado's not a good team. Don't confuse yourself. This is going to be a little bit of a train wrecky week for them probably. And you know, now that I say that, you know he's going to put up two goals or whatever. But he has, so far this season with Baji, he, um, yeah, he's got one eight-point game with one goal. And otherwise he's got a two, a zero, a one, a one, and a two. So I don't think you're really playing the odds super well there on Baji if, if you're banking on him for a lot of points. If you don't have anyone to start, sure, I guess he's probably going to play. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good switch- switcheroo option if, if people are interested in that. Yeah, but absolutely. Probably not someone I'm going to see starting. Mm-hmm. Speaking of disappointment, though, you already mentioned Kaka, and I think I was the one who was down on Kaka last week while well, you and Jason were, were all – 
all blowing the trumpet for him. Uh, yeah, yeah Orlando has a buy, so now is the time to ditch him. Is that your plan? Absolutely. Um, credit to you on that one. <laughs> I got to say, I captained him. I thought that was like surefire. Kaka was going to tear apart uh, Toronto, who have looked pretty susceptible to goals. I don't know. Yeah, don't know what happened there. Good for him. I wish there was a penalty that should have been called. I'm just griping now for no reason. There was a penalty that should have been called. I would have turned out a lot better if it had been. But, um, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Toronto did really, really, yes, really, uh, really. Toronto's defense has been shaky a lot this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, statistically, I'd make that same choice 10 times again. I don't really, like, have a problem with the choice being made. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, they did a really good job planning and planning for how to play against him. So props to Greg Vanny in Toronto for doing that. Definitely. And, you know, in general, I've, I've not been really upset about New York city and Orlando's performance. I know if you're banking on their players, especially last week, a lot of us were, but when you look at how expansion teams have done in the season, uh, their, their, their inaugural season, it's not been fantastic. Chicago's the only one who's been able to win the cup in their first season. But but after that, you have a couple people who have been struggling to even make it to the playoffs. I, uh, Toronto's never, of course, has never been there. If you take them out of the picture, teams are averaging about about two seasons to make it to an MLS Cup playoff, not even yeah. the, the Cup game. Betting on, I think we talked about it before the season, but betting on expansion teams fantasy-wise, not a great idea. Uh, it's always a risk, so... Takes time. Takes time to put together a team that knows how to play together. Definitely. Now, you mentioned New York earlier. I'm going to make you pick one of these two players right now. Felipe or Sam? Uh, Lloyd Sam. Nah, Sam. Not even that close to me. Felipe is on form, but Lloyd Sam is consistent. And I love consistency. Felipe has, over his time in fantasy, not been consistent. Um Oh, it just depends. If one of them gets rested, it's like a betting game almost. So um, if I were to in a vacuum pick one, though, it'd definitely be Lloyd Sam. So it is. Yeah, we'll definitely touch on some of that later. Uh, you know, I have Sam right now on my team, but uh, I kind of feel like I might have wanted Felipe instead. If nothing else, he's a good differential, I guess. Yeah. Uh, on the other end, though, these are all expensive guys. There's some cheap players that have been coming up recently that I wanted to highlight. Some people on the forums have been mentioning them over at, at Fantasy MLS. Uh, Woodbury over at New England and Polster at Chicago, of all places. Have you had any any watching of them? Not too much, no. I actually haven't gotten to widen. Those were two of the teams I did not get to watch this weekend. Um, although I saw the highlights, Polster looked Polster looked pretty good for Chicago. That Chicago team's starting to come together a little bit. So, you know, uh, I don't really have a very, very good advice on that, though. Um, New England, good team. So, I don't know. They are. From any, what I've noticed, though, about a good team. Uh, Woodbury's played these last two games, he, he's done pretty well with points. I believe it's because Barnes is out injured with a pretty serious injury. Oh, really? Um, I think so. I, I can't remember if it's Barnes or Alston who is the number one right back for them, but uh, both of them have been, of course, Barnes is injured now. I think Alston's been suffering with some injuries on and off. Um, I think Woodbury's more of a backup who's happening to, happens to be getting some playtime now, but he's 5.0. So I can't really fault people grabbing him to have 
as a backup because if they do have some when they have some more double game weeks coming up and just depending on who's healthy he's he's going to be a good option he's done pretty well yeah absolutely uh, and you know he's not a super new player either he he did play a little bit for FC Dallas last year i believe um i feel like this is a good, maybe i'm totally wrong on that but i feel like he was a Dallas Academy product who has just gotten traded or something for some reason um and I remember he actually looked pretty good when he played last year. So uh, he played in 2013. If he did anything last year, it might have been in some of the lower leagues. Yeah, but I not, sorry, that's I what I meant. Up a couple years ago. Yeah. So uh, as far as Polster, what he's been playing on and off throughout the entire season. What's appealing about him is he's a defender playing at midfield, so he gets a little bit higher of a ceiling for for that player. That, and I do like that he's 4.8. Yeah, he's and he, he's yeah, four point eight. That's solid. Um, it scares me. It's, again, he's a good backup, right? Because oh yeah, scary to have players that aren't gonna play every week and be relying on them. But why not have a four point eight as a backup that can get clean sheet points and maybe score a goal? It's definitely so. These are all guys that you can take a look at if you're planning on wild carding soon. We have some questions about that down the road in our in our question section. Um, and just want some more reliable backups and instead of the duties or the Rodriguez's or the Porters, if you're still hanging out with some of those guys. So you don't mm-hmm. end up like me and having five guys who aren't going to play because of cards or injuries or you just people like Ramos that are dummy in one week and then just, mm-hmm. just screw it up. So uh, these are all guys to keep an eye on. Uh, as far as single game week, guys, I'm, I'm digressing away. We've already mentioned Chicago. We've talked them up. We've already seen some of what Vancouver can do now that Paralysis is back into the mix. So those are definitely guys to take a look at. DC United's got a couple of single games, but I have not heard a lot about Brimbaum and and Hamid. Have you heard about anything with them? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, the, the, I don't even know if, if Brimbaum is training again. I haven't heard anything about Hamid. So if you're keeping an eye on those guys, DC has three double game weeks between now and round 14 which is the most of any team and just taking a quick look yeah a pretty pretty nice set of double game weeks i might add oh, so that once one you in... get to around 11 you may may start bringing mm-hmm. some of these guys in they have two home they games got... leading into that round 11 yeah. so it's definitely want to keep an eye on these guys for more updates unfortunately i just don't have them right now and you know what so a player that not very many people own 0.5% of fantasy managers is Fabian Espindola, who just came back from suspension. True. He was the key to their offense last year. Uh, he's definitely an opportunity if people aren't jumping on him right away because he is kind of high-priced at $10 million, um, He's an opportunity for some differential points. So Very true. Very true. So uh, that was a quick list over of, of all the players that we kind of like trying to highlight things that everyone talked about. I hope you guys find that helpful. I'm just assuming most people are going to be getting double game week players this week, loading up on New York and then sort of looking ahead to round 10, maybe even round 11 and see which one of those players, maybe from LA or RSL, they like to, to kind of work in there. So uh, check back with with either our, our thread for questions or fingers crossed for another episode, we'll get some more round 10 talk to help you out with that but usual suspects new york red bulls i'm sure we all know them by now for for double game week mm-hmm. so do you have any must-have players though simon before we move on no not really i just think it's good to load up on double game week players um like to i guess 
not a must-have if it's okay to talk about. If, I, if there's a must-have, it's Bradley Wright Phillips for me. Um, just lots of opportunities to score goals. He's been playing pretty well, even though his production hasn't been quite as solid as it was last year. Those goals are going to come, and, and this is a pretty favorable double-game week schedule for, for the Red Bulls. Um because they've got they've got Colorado at home and then it's a short trip to New England. So that's one that I would say um also if you're stuck in the midfield, I think Dax McCarty is going to definitely start both games and he's a little bit cheaper than the other guys, consistent points. So if you're like, uh, I don't want to take a risk on Felipe or Sam, you could always go with Dax McCarty. So those are those are the guys I'm looking at bit more of a defensive midfielder, but he does get some of those more consistent points like an Ishizaki does. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Bradley Wright Phillips, and I'm going to throw Powers in there. I think those are two. Uh, I just I just like the chances Powers generates, so I would make those two guys my must-haves for this double game week. So now, moving on to questions. I'll just kick this off. Um, with all of the scoring and lack of clean sheets this past week, this comes from DSB Coco. With all the scoring and lack of clean sheets this past week, is it time to wildcard and shift any defensive investments into attacking midfielders and forwards? I think Simon can give some decent insight since he's recently wildcarded, but I'll go ahead and say, I think wait one more week. I think see how round nine goes, see if there's any injuries, see if there's any cards since a couple of guys are right there on the edge, and then use your wildcard to get ready for 10 through 14. But I would agree shifting to something of maybe a three-man defensive back line and then moving it into midfield and forwards is the way that I would go and what I'm planning to do right now. Simon? Yeah, I mean, I just wild-carded last week, and I did that because I wanted to prepare for all of these double game weeks coming up and then kind of take a punt on a couple of players, Kaká and Martins, that both didn't work out, which is sort of disappointing. That said, I feel like I'm in as good of position uh, right now, as if I would have used my wild card this week, I pretty much would have picked up the same exact players. Um, Did you cannibalize your defense for offensive I, power? Yeah, sorry, I knew I was doing something there. Um, no, I am start. Well, I'm starting three defenders. I didn't really cannibalize it so much, but I do think that now is probably the time to focus on attacking players. I feel like there's something just about double game weeks. There's going to be a lot of them. Defenses get tired when they have to play two legs. Um, I just It's a lot more consistent to get offensive points over two legs of a double game week. And in general, I've always liked the offensive production a little bit more. So I don't think it's really that important overall. But if I had to choose one way or the other, yeah, three in the back's a little bit better. So that's my opinion on it. Um, should we move on to the next question, Raid? Yeah. Okay, I'm Brent. What up, Brent? We love Brent. Uh, asks, should we begin resting players on our benches to prevent injury? I think that we have been overplaying some of our star players on our fantasy rosters and they keep getting injured because of it. Um, sounds like a great strategy to me if we had control of that. I don't know. Um yeah, must be nice. I don't know why people keep getting injured. I enjoyed this question. I thought it was a nice little little tongue-in-cheek with what's yeah. going on. Uh, Brent's a, a regular at MLS Fancy Boss chat, but I do think it does speak that it it 
if you're not haven't done it already, it probably is time to start expanding your bench so that you do have the freedom to rest some guys if needed and and not be afraid to sell some of those big guys. I, I dropped Joralis last week to to bring on on uh, somebody else who was going to play, of course, was was one thing. But but yeah, the the big players need to rest just as much as as our budget players do. So have a bench is, is really where I'm moving to now, which I think is the first time I've been there in a couple of years. So that's strange. But yes, I, I do think that we have been over-relying on some big players. There are some good value players out there that have been coming through for us. So this next question comes from Rubik's. And he says, how many goals and clean sheets can we realistically expect from Colorado? Uh, this kind of leads into what we were mentioned before. They've got the away game to New York, the away game at LA, back-to-back, flying across the country. Uh, needless to say, Rubik's goes on, I'm not convinced of multiple goals and shutouts, so I might stay away and just focus on double game week 10. Likely rotation doesn't help their case either. What do you guys think? I, I think that's fine if you want to go that way with Colorado. Like Simon and I have both said, we like powers, but they're definitely rotation risk. I've recently seen an article at our fantasy MLS that talks about New York saying that they might do some rotation. Unfortunately, it's pretty useless of an article where it doesn't really go into any of those potential rotations there. So not beyond belief that there could be some rotations and resting from both teams this week. I don't like Colorado's chances for clean sheets against LA and New York. I think that they will get one goal out of both of these legs total. Wow, that's a pretty good answer. Reed just said what I was going to say, so I don't have anything yes. to add to that. That was a pretty good answer. Uh, boy in, boy in asks, double game week 10 seems like a sloppy week since there are a lot of question marks around the star players like Duralis or Keen. Do you have any must-haves uh, looking ahead to double game week 10? Hmm... I think that Ishizaki is a must-have if you don't already have him on your team. There is the rotation risk that last year uh, the Galaxy did rotate Ishii a little bit, but I don't think they're really capable of doing that this year. Um, they need <laughs> he, he does him. get subbed off sometimes, though, so you might not get, get a full 90 out of each game. But Yeah, but yeah. At, at $8 million, he's pretty much a must-have, and I'd almost, you know... I. I think it's that's like the best option. And I would say Omar Gonzalez, except that LA has a really tough schedule because they're away to RSL and away to Dallas. RSL is not doing so hot this year, but you know, it's never easy to play at Rio Tinto. So I don't have I any. Believe they, I believe they currently have the worst away goal scoring record or right down there near the bottom of, of teams when they're away. The Galaxy? RSL. 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 Uh, are they playing? They're playing when, home against. Away. I was talking about oh, LA. Yeah, they're playing home. Oh, sorry. They're home, and then I don't know. Is there other match away? Let me look. Uh, uh, LA. Those are both two away games from LA. Yeah, yes, LA's right. two away, but is Salt Lake home for both of theirs? No, they're home no, for they're, one well, they have away. Chicago though is the next one. Yeah, so it could be could be an easy one for them. I don't know. I don't think I have must have so much as um. There's a lot of opportunities here to get players that. Maybe our differentials. Yeah, I wouldn't say must-haves other than Ishii. For game it game. is tough. Um, I know that Pinedo is, is someone that I really like, but I do worry with Joralis back. 
I worry more of that double game week. So if, if Doralis is back for RSL by round 10, then I would only go with Ishii. Maybe it maybe Keen, if he's back by then, he's kind of one you can always always lean on with the double game week. If they don't, then I do like Pinedo to get him in there because Orlando City comes up right after that. So that's someone you might be able to ride for a mm-hmm. couple games if you don't want to swap. Um, we already mentioned before with DC United with the three double game weeks, I think there's some guys there you're going to look take a look at. Silva could be a guy you could check their defense and see how they're looking. It's it's going to be a, a cuff tall to see what injuries are like. You can maybe go with the Hamid for that, especially with the, the two home games leading into that. Further down the road, it, it gets so hard to have a must-have so far out, especially with injuries and everything. Uh, if Jarrells is back, then then he's a guy that I would throw as a must-have. Not a fan of anybody from Houston. They're coming up. Not really a fan of San Jose. Uh, I don't know. I'd want to see how San Jose does after the bye in round nine before I would hesitate to, to say someone for a must-have in round 10. It's these uh, are really difficult decisions for what it's worth. There's no easy decisions here, which I really do like. So it is. I, I hope to have at least one Columbus crew player on my team during this time. They've been doing well. I will probably keep uh poor Alice on my team. They've they've got a pretty decent schedule, even even with a few difficult ones here and there. So there's there's some guys, but that's I hope that helps. That's some people I've been looking at a few ahead, but I, I would really like to to see more and i believe the next question is mine yep this comes from bit nomad there has been some discussion that colorado's coach has a history of heavy rotation during double game week with nine other teams having double game weeks in the next four weeks who likes rotation and who likes to stick with starters? We touched on this before. Simon mentioned LA is doing some rotation. We mentioned New York might do some rotation. Colorado has a history of rotation. I mean, I I could almost expect every team to have some kind of rotation during yes. this time. I I just it's sort of the way it works during that. So I I would hope for at least a game and a half out of some of the big players, just depending on the matchups. Um, there's, Do you have any answers? Yeah, I mean, you can't avoid rotation with double game weeks. That's the problem. It's a risk no matter what. Where you're least likely to avoid it is core players that the team cannot function without. So I think it's mm-hmm. just always a risk. Um, and you know what? With teams that can't function without players, uh, it's like Colorado, you can kind of take a lot of their players out and put in new ones because honestly most of their players are replacement level or worse so that's why you're gonna see rotation um yeah it's just rough i think you have to just predict it go back look at team's history and honestly you just sometimes look at it as 90 plus bonus so yeah that's that's, that's a good way to approach it um i guess i i don't really have any more for that? So on to Glory Man United 34's question. Do you expect any Red Bulls players not to play 180 minutes? What about Sam and BWP specifically? Uh, Sam does tend to get subbed off sometimes. I seriously doubt he'll play 180, but he'll probably start both games. Bradley Wright Phillips? Who knows? He'll probably, I mean, he'll start both games almost certainly, I'd say. 
but they don't really have a lot of other options at that position. It's just the truth. Um, they're all <laughs> always possible for a sub. So, but you're gonna get most of the game out of both of them. I think they're both pretty safe, pretty safe bets. Yeah, we already touched before. I think McCarty has has a very good chance of playing both games. I think Robles, of course, will go will go both as the keeper. The the wings, I think, will go uh, Perinelli for one of the defenders. He is on four yellow cards right now, so he has a high chance of getting his yellow in, in the first game and then missing the next game. I uh, hope not, but that's one that might not go 180. We've got Felipe and Sam. I could see both of them getting subbed out. I think Kleshton will go the whole time. Uh, he uh, that makes sense. He to tends me. to be playing all the games, so I think I think Kleshton will play the full 180 and give someone like Sam and Felipe the the rest. Mm-hmm. If he starts again, um, Zizo will probably not go 180 but i i enjoy watching him play he doesn't get a lot of points but i think he's a good player not very helpful sorry but yeah (laughs) um bradley wright phillips is another one i do agree we'll probably go the whole yeah and our next question comes from think kamax think a max there we go Uh, there are questions surrounding the new york red bulls defense i i'm just talking about that um, <laughs> Miazga and Perinelli are the obvious targets, but considering the risks in choosing them, such as Miazga with the U23 team and the suspension risk for Perinelli, are Duval and Lawrence worth a punt? Uh, yes. To continue the thought I had in the last question, I think Duval and Lawrence are worth a punt if you're clean sheet hunting. If you're not clean sheet hunting and you're looking for bonus points, then I say throw your dice with one of their two center backs and see what happens. New York has been pretty good about letting people who are performing keep performing. So I don't know if uh, Miazga is as much of a of a risk as people might think. But I currently have Pernelli on my team, and I am hoping that if he gets another card, that it comes in the New England game and not in the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. I agree with Reed on that one. Um, the one thing I'd like to say about Duvall and Lawrence is that Jesse Marsh has specifically said that when players return from injury, he does not assume that they have to earn their spots back. That, um, you know, if, you, if you're a starter, so let's say Roy Miller comes back or wh- whoever was on the other side, I forget who their other side guy is, comes back, they're probably going to get a start. Um, we've never seen, uh, like, super consistency from Duvall or Lawrence. I think they're worth a punt. Uh, but it's just that it's a punt. I wouldn't like risk a ton on them starting both games. Those are not players I'd be taking a minus four for. So, um, on to the next question. We've got Stints Stints Master Forty Two. <laughs> I feel like I'm mispronouncing your name. I'm sorry. What is your opinion of Houston's back line, and who do you think is worth picking up for their double game week? Um, well, I had Taylor. I like Taylor. It's not my fault that Kevin Stott doesn't know how to see. Uh, Stupid, stupid referee. Um, No offense, Kevin Stott. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a nice person. You just have issues sometimes. Um, Yeah, not the greatest there. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't really like their back line. They just conceded four goals. Um, But they have been pretty decent in other games. 
Uh, Tyler Derrick's an okay option for a keeper. And I like Jermaine Taylor. I'm pretty sure that red's going to get overturned. I don't know why you'd necessarily pick him up this week, though, just because their double game week isn't until next week. So he's pretty much the only one I'd pick up, though. The other guys are kind of expensive. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint about the New York defense is I think it's just too expensive. Um, Horse was great last year, but he was also $5 million last year, and now he's 8.2. No, thank you. He's the one who subbed on with Taylor, so not even necessarily a guaranteed starter. Mm-hmm. Taylor's cheap. I like him. Derek is cheap, and I like him. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. So next we have the Lionhearted with this question. In the light of the season beginning to have more double game weeks, about how many weeks in advance would you guys recommend we managers prepare? Is it better to consistently think ahead, or does this strategy detract from the week in week at hand in your experience? In my experience, uh, yes, you can think too far ahead um just that it would it can make you blinded so if you are planning ahead just just be sure to be flexible i see no problem with looking at least three rounds ahead including the one that you're in if you're making some plans especially with all these double game weeks um if you wanted to go ahead and make tentative Myself, I would look three rounds ahead, and then I make some tentative players that I want to to try to bring in. I, I definitely think you should look at at least a couple of games ahead so you can plan your transfers and not and try to avoid the minus four hits, even though, or to at least minimize them, because even though a double game week does provide a good way to absorb those hits. So uh, I do think I do think you need to look ahead two to three weeks to prepare adequately for a double game series that we're approaching yeah i totally agree with reed i just not preparing too far ahead is important though because no matter how well you plan something is going to screw it up every single time whether it's injuries red cards whatever a player just losing their spot there are things that will screw up your plans for double game weeks and screw up your plans for single game weeks when you plan four or five weeks ahead i think it's fine to think about that kind of stuff Um, but just, you know, not preparing so much to the extent that you are going to be absolutely screwed if a couple of things go against you. Flexibility, more important than, than like solid preparation, in my opinion. So definitely, uh, last question. Oh, Dave asks, what are the best double game week matchups from now until game week 14? Speaking of... Thinking ahead um, is something that I'm not good at because I've been, I don't know. Um, Best double game week matchups. DC United has a bunch, so I'm just going to say highlight DC United because they've got three double game weeks. That's like an easy team to stock up players on, although obviously you're going to see a bunch of rotation because of that probably. But, you know. They've got a bunch of double game weeks. That's a pretty safe way to avoid having to make tons and tons of transfers and highlight and keep a bunch of double game week players. So that's kind of, I guess, my pick. Plus, they have a kind of nice schedule. Yeah, a lot of them are at home, so that is that is very mm-hmm. nice. Uh, I do see matchups going forward. Let me just kind of take a look through here. Uh, I like the New York Red Bull matchup this round, depending on if, Jarrell is back. I like that matchup. Uh, 
in round 10. Um, I like DC's matchup around 11 with Orlando and then Philly. I'm just going through the next week. Um, uh, here and here's that preparation. It's just getting harder and harder to think about how these teams are going to be playing. Not a huge fan of the round 12 ones. There's so much in round 13 to look forward to. DC's got a nice looking one. Um, let's see here. Oh, Colorado does not have a nice looking one <laughs> in round 13. No, they do. That not. is vicious. Seattle, Portland. Uh, Portland, no. Seattle has a pretty pretty good looking one in round 13 as well, since they're both at home, even though they're playing New York. And then round 14, again, DC United, a double home game of Chicago and Toronto leading into that big long list of buys. Uh, Vancouver could have a nice one, depending on how Montreal's doing around then. Uh, with hope they have the crown of, of CONCACAF Champions League champions by that time. Be sure to catch that game tomorrow. If you are not aware of that, everyone from Montreal right Yo, now. Yo, shout out Montreal Impact. Go get it. True that. True that. Yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that's jumping out at me now. But it does, does get so hard with those 13 and 14 games. Yeah. So that's all the questions that we have. I'm going to throw in one quick one. I, I'm sorry I can't remember who asked this question, but Simon, someone asked us what kind of stats we consider when we are making these choices and thinking ahead. So what do you like to look at? Um, I like to look at how many bonus points players normally get. So for defenders, CBIs and recoveries, um, more so CBIs than recoveries, just because recoveries can kind of vary a little bit more. Um, and for attacking players, you know, it's just crosses, KPs. How many? How many opportunities are they creating? Um, a lot of it uh, with attacking players. I use stats, and I also watch a lot of games just because on a week-to-week basis, a stat might be a little bit misleading. Overall, you want to use the the whole season stats. That's very, very useful. Um, but also doing eyeball tests just on attacking players to see, you know, what are kind of the issues that they're facing and how much they're creating chances, but also looking at the season-long stats. And uh, somebody who usually is on the podcast, Jason, has has a really good site for that. So... Um, yeah, analyst fancy viz. Yeah, good stat. I, of course, I, I do use the charts that I publish with MLS Fancy Boss. I also have a spreadsheet that I keep on my computer of just the what team is best and worst at scoring and conceding home and away. So I look at that. I do value home games. I know there's been a lot of heated discussion about that at times on the MLS Fantasy Boss Forum, especially with some away teams doing well this year. But I do tend to give a little bit of a bump to to home teams when I'm looking at that. And it's it's a real balance between form and fixture and and just your gut. I, I do rank gut at the bottom of that list, though. Yeah, me too. So yeah, all those stats. And, and chatting. I mean, that's the biggest thing. The chat on MLS Fantasy Boss and the posts that go on on the Reddit forum and that you might find in the articles from the experts at MLS fancy soccer. Those are all great mm-hmm. places just to see the pull the peanut gallery and see what people are thinking. Yeah, I totally agree. The chat room is super useful. There's always people who know more than you, or maybe they don't even know more. They just know different things than you and can yeah. inform your opinion. That's super helpful. I haven't had as much time to be there this year 
as, as I did last year, and I think that's had a really negative impact on my team. Last year I was hanging out in chat all the time. Now I try and be there, but the more time you hang out in the chat room, even if it's just in the background at work or whatever, if you've got a job that allows you to do that, um, that's that's pretty pretty excellent way to get some information. So, so speaking on how people did though, let's take a look at the the head to head and the fantasy MLS league that we've got going on head to head league. Uh, Simon, what happened again? Hey, I won for the third week in a row. Uh, I got a little bit lucky. I wouldn't have won except that Eternal took a negative eight. So. Um, as he is prone to do yeah and i wild carded instead of taking negative hits so who knows <laughs> long run um three and five baby i'm climbing climbing back up there my own five start slowly disappearing climbing rankings every week i guarantee you 10 weeks in i'll be back up there with all y'all i'll be back up oh, there uh, i did beat scott this week but he's had some trouble being able to actually have time to make trades and stuff so i'm not gonna rub that in uh travis beat fripp so that was that was great. Travis had a pretty strong showing, but Jason, Jason, yeah. Jason, oh man, from Fantasy Viz, is number one overall in MLS Fantasy Manager game right now. He Yo. is in, I think, Dubai, maybe on his way back now. But man, oh man, Jason is tearing it up. If you ever needed a reason to visit his site, uh, this should be it. Jason knows his stuff. He relies on stats and look where it gets him. This dude knows what he's talking about, I gotta say. And switching gears some back to the r slash fantasy MLS league. Big congratulations to James Dunn, the manager of single entry cartel who got the highest score, not only in our league, but overall with 101 points. So congrats to you, and I hope that you start making some more trades soon so that people will believe that you are an active manager. <laughs> in other news for that league, I am supposed to be getting a package in a couple of days with what I hope are some prizes for the r slash fantasy MLS league, and I hope to make an announcement of, of that in a week or two to know what you guys are actually playing for besides the scarves that I was already offering, so just bonus. Funny team names in honor of you, Simon, and, and Antioch from last week. Year of the Kaka from uh, Ariana Z. It was. It is yeah. not, but I know so many of you wish it could be. I also like Boondock Saints SC, fantastic movie from Jacob Murphy. I may have mentioned that one before, but it's worth mentioning again. And then just in honor of the crazy rotations that I think are going to happen, We've got Schmid happens. Hey, from I like that Ian one. Right, I like you that what? one, Ian. That's a oh, great like that name. One? Yeah, I mean, I love Ziggy, so my Sounders fan. <laughs> Not to turn off. I, I was looking at like the stats, and like apparently Portland is where the most people listen to to our podcast, and in the area around Portland, I was looking at the stats online. So shout out to our Portland listeners. Um, I'm very happy my Sounders beat you yesterday fun game to be at uh, let me just add at this point my my dream mls soccer vacation it cannot happen this year but my dream vacation would be to fly to it'd be a cascadia trip fly to vancouver catch a game the next day drive down to seattle catch a game the next day drive down to portland catch a game then fly back here to kentucky that would be fantastic i hope that one day it's possible but um i'll just have to settle for going to the all-star game instead yeah so, hey, I'm going to uh, the Sounders against New York City FC game this weekend with my Timbers fan uncle, so uh, who lives in New Jersey. So, 
Sounders and Timbers fans can get along, apparently. So just barely. But yeah. Um, one thing that I just like to remind you about before we go is to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and that we're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. I feel like we kind of beat this into the ground at this point, but you never know. If you missed a few episodes, we are on all those platforms. So listen what works for you best. Um, and we're appreciative no matter how you listen. Tell your friends, okay? Definitely. So thank you guys for listening to the episode. I know it was just a couple of us, so we tried to pack in a little bit more information to make it worth your while. Uh, we're still not sure about next week. We're, we're going to work out schedules, see what works best for Simon and the rest of the guys to try to make an episode. But like I said, if not, we apologize ahead of time. We will still have a questions thread on the Reddit forums, and we will listen to that. And of course, you can always catch us on MLS Fantasy Boss. I am ticking the fourth off because I'm playing Star Wars bar trivia that night. So I will also try to be around on Twitter and at MLS Fantasy Boss to maybe answer some questions that people might have. Uh, anything else you want to add, Simon, before we head out? Any no, not at all. I'm hoping that we get a podcast done um, this week. Oh, actually, you know what? Why don't I make a plug for once? So for those of you who don't know, I work in radio up in Seattle professionally. Um, I work for this great dance music station called C89.5 FM. Um, we are one of the country's only dance music radio stations. We are a high school-run radio station we have over 200,000 listeners. We're the biggest high school station in, in the country and I think even the world. So um, if anyone loves dance music, you can listen to our station. We'd love to have you. If I seem out of it at all in today's podcast, is because we're in pledge drive right mo- mode right now. We're a listener-supported radio station. Uh, we get our funds from our listeners. So I've been on the air begging for money. And I'm going to go do that for another three hours after this, after we're done recording. So... Uh, C895.org if you're not in Seattle you want to listen check out some awesome dance music I'm not going to ask you to donate uh, but just just FYI that's what I do in my spare time if you're into dance music raves all that when I'm not doing soccer stuff I'm always doing dance music and raving stuff so uh, yeah exactly but that's <laughs> so yes put on your dance yeah. shoes open your hands open your hearts open your wallets and give to Simon's radio station you can also give to this podcast though so Sure. Yeah, get to the podcast. Maybe we'll have some money to actually produce an episode. Help us um, pay our SoundCloud traveling. So yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, my my plugs are the same as usual. Please check out MLS Fantasy Boss. Check out MLS Fantasy Viz. All the other websites that are associated with the people who produce this podcast. The the articles that Travis and I and the other experts post on the MLS soccer website. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something else, but just check back to Mel's Fantasy Boss chat, my Twitter, and the Reddit forums to see everything that I'm sure I'm, I'm missing and all the new and latest updates as they come out. So thank you for listening to this episode, and good luck. <laughs>